1: 800-470-7113. That's
2: 800-470-7113. Ladies and gentlemen, live from the West Coast, it's time for Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Your inside look into combat sports, brought to you by the WBO the World Boxing Organization. Pedro, let me say let me congratulations on your long time in radio. You are your team, and for your ratings, man. I was reading
3: about that. I'm very uh, impressed with you, Pedro.
2: And now, the host of the longest-running fight show in radio and internet history. I don't want to, to predict this fight, but, you know, I'm going to promise that I, I can give a good fight, you know, so, to make people happy, and uh, I just do my best. Pedro Fernandez. If I can't teach you one way, I'll teach you another. But I'm going to get the job done.
3: Tomas y caballeros, bienvenidos. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the multi-million dollar Sports Byline Studios in the city by the bay, San Francisco, California, my hometown. Check it. My name is Pedro Fernandez and this is Ring Talk Live Worldwide. 35, no, no, make that 36 plus years now of being often imitated but never duplicated. Sit tight for the next hour and you'll find out why. Of course, we come to you live on Sports Byline iHeartRadio, Sirius XM, Satellite Radio, the Dan Patrick Channel, Channel 211, and about a thousand other internet platforms. Bottom line is, this is a Saturday edition of Ring Talk Live Worldwide, March of 7, 2020. I'll be joined by the PhD of boxing. Boxing is only true PhD. I'm talking about the great Socrates Palmer joining us in a little bit, but I'm going to start off today's show with an editorial of sorts, uh, what happened to the... Well, what, about the demise of broadcast boxing, televised boxing. Why do I say that? No, I'm not saying that because I'm not on TV anymore. I'm saying that because that's just the way I feel. But I'll get into that in depth in our next segment. Socrates will join us in about six minutes as well. Open phone lines all around the planet. You can join us if you like. Feel free. 1-800-878-7529. That's one eight hundred eight seven eight seven five two nine. Check it. You are tuned to Ring Talk live worldwide. You're inside the world of boxing And, may of course. We come to you Saturdays and Sundays. This is a Saturday edition. If you listen to this on tape, guess what? We have a Sunday show as well. It airs at 11 a.m. Pacific time. That's two hours live on the same station. Straight up, you are to the Ring Talk live worldwide. Little Motown, been to the room where the song was recorded. Grandview Boulevard, Motown, USA. I'm talking about Hitsville, USA, baby. Motown, said Detroit, Michigan.
4: So are you the type of guy that wants to look put together, but doesn't want to spend hours at the mall finding new clothes so you can look great at the office on the road, or even just on the weekend with friends and family? I hear you. This is why there's stitch fix, your personal styling service that delivers hand-picked clothes right to you. Stitch fix is simple. Sign up in just a few minutes. Tell them about the brands that work for you and even let them know what types of styles you prefer. Stitch fix is convenient You get great clothes delivered right to you so you can try new styles on in the comfort of your own home and make a decision without any pressure. And Stitch Fix is on your terms and priced to match your budget. There's no subscription required ever. Keep what you want and send back anything you don't. So, isn't it time you got it all together? Get started today at StitchFix.com. Stitch Fix, personal styling for men, women, and kids. Stitch Fix
1: Yes, fly anywhere in the world and save a lot of money on your plane tickets. We'll even save you money with cheap travel deals on hotels, rental cars, even complete travel packages. So don't book your tickets until you call us first for the absolute cheapest prices on U.S. and international airline tickets and hotels. Call right now for prices so low they can't be published. Travel experts are here 24-7 to help 800-754-4531, 800-754-4531, 800-754-4531, that's 800-754-4531.
0: Do you owe $10,000 or more on at least two federal student loans? Then you may qualify for new programs offered by the Department of Education. Take control of your financial future. Make this free five-minute free call now to Nationwide Student Loans and learn how you can reduce your student loan debt. 800-439-7851. 800-439-7851. 800-439-7851. 800-439-7851. Let's talk about
3: your career just for a second. Hagler, Monzone, Robinson, this and that,
5: Hopkins, okay, where do you put yourself in those names? If I'm in the top four, top five in history, I'm satisfied. And I don't mind if I'm four, if it's four, I don't mind if I'm five, if it's five. Because these guys' legacy and their era should be re- and will be respected. And I just want to be um, respected for my era. So if it's four, you know, and the number's four, then be mentioned in the name of Ray Robinson and Marvin Hagler Pedro and, and, and Ray Leonard. Hey, to be mentioned in that, how many middleweight fighters they came that was also good? The Julian Jacksons of the world. And I can go to a lot of Mike Got McCullough, it. magambi You didn't mention those names. And to be mentioned in the top four and the top five, wherever you put me at, wherever history you put me at, I am grateful and humble to be there.
2: Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. How <laughs>
3: With my coverage of the boxing world through the good, the bad, and even the indifferent times, this spanning a couple of generations or more, I've seen more than just 15 round fights of Muhammad Ali fighting a ring. I was sitting front row on two occasions where it's almost a chill zone, except for the two nights, the boxing ring turned into a squared circle of death. That's right, a squared circle of death, a cage of death. Boxing has never been quite the same for me, you just don't engage guys pre-fight as I did both Rico Velasquez and Johnny Montanez in San Jose and Las Vegas in 1988 and 1990 respectively and forget you can't but I'm not here to talk about the fallen although Rico and Johnny their last conversations I had just minutes before their deaths remind me of something I learned with the SFPD it's not here today and gone tomorrow it's more like you're here today and gone in a heartbeat the death of individual boxers is not the centerpiece here the death of televised boxing is The Zone is producing quantity for sure, mixed with some quality fights here and there. It's enough to where you're making me, and it's worth the 20 bucks a month, no doubt about that. But the productions, shall we say, are mundane. So are the post-fight interviews. If you don't have a solid opening question, ask the the interviewee, quote, what's going through your mind right now, end of quote. The Zone announcers are really stiff, like start stiff, and, well, it just doesn't make for good television. And there's one thing we've learned since the demise of HBO Boxing is that the Carly Simon tune, Nobody Does It Better, applies. Not even in the early days of Howard Cosell and Muhammad Ali on ABC could match the HBO way. Although some say Jim Lampley shilled a bit, Jim had to because <laughs> Larry Merchant certainly was going to do it. Not any groveling on the air, no way, no how. The scoring of the late Harold Letterman, the HBO Boxing Judge, Nobody Outside of Myself Maybe and Socrates Palmer are as straight in boxing as Harold. HBO's resident judge, may he rest in peace. I remember the night we were in Sacramento, California, we spent ninety minutes in the parking lot signing autographs and taking pictures. The HBO limo driver was getting pissed off. He was getting ticked. He kept looking at his watch. I finally sent him on his way and had the pleasure of Harold sitting shotgun with me all the way back to the hotel. And lastly, before HBO got enamored with Max Kellerboy, uh, excuse me, I mean Kellerman, there was the HBO godfather, Larry Merchant. A wordsmith by trade, an award-winning writer and author. Larry was a lot like Mike Tyson and Johnny Tapia, just not violent or truculent. But you had no clue as to where Larry was, in, no no clear as to what direction Larry was going to take things in. A Hall of Fame human, Larry forget his professional accomplishments. Larry Merchant might only say a few words in a fight, but you remember his quips. And whether you agreed with him or not, the HBO Godfather had it right far far more often than he had it wrong. Together, these three men, were the face of professional boxing for more than a quarter century. Yes, Sugar Ray Leonard, George Foreman, and Roy Jones all made more than cameo appearances. And yes, Mex Callahan batted cleanup for H- uh, for Larry Merchant after HBO said Larry was done. But Larry and Harold and Jim—that's where we look for in our entertainment, both in our honesty in the fight game. Which brings me to the new era of broadcast team boxing, the own broadcast. Why do I get the feeling I'm watching public access TV? That being said, we bring in Boxing's PhD, Mr. Socrates Palmer. Mr. Palmer, how are you today, sir?
6: I'm doing well, Pager. Happy Saturday,
3: sir. Happy Saturday. Obviously, you know I don't have stock in the zone.
6: <laughs> well, you know, those guys have gotten beat up, and, and rightfully so at times. Uh, y- you know, you don't appreciate something until it's gone. And I was having this thought that, you know, we've had some really good, good historic fights the last several years and one of the the things that we kind of forget about historic fights are are the narrators and and, and people that are calling the fights and some of these historic fights unfortunately are not getting just due on the airwaves while it's going on because the announcers are just mediocre at best you know hbo's team yeah, you know, at times it would drive me crazy with Jim Lampley and, and rooting for the house fighter. But you know what? Compared to what we have today, it's like, can you please do something, get Jim back on the air, you know? And and the Showtime guys, they're probably the best going right now, but they're calling Clarissa Shields fights. You know what I mean? So <laughs> there's something wrong there, you yeah. know? It, I hope that in the future we do get... The best calling the best scraps and and um, I don't it's just I don't know I guess I'm just a uh, maybe a little bias uh, maybe a little bit but, list, but, but you
3: know but Larry talked about it I think last week the week before when he said the, probably the most chilling and the most riveting time on HBO I think of, of all of HBO boxing was when Jim Lampley said Mike Tyson has been knocked out I mean that was like I think that's right i like I was sitting there going ah I, I couldn't believe it.
6: That night was like historic. I mean, that was one of the most shocking moments in sports. You know, it's uh, amazing. You know what? Credit to Mike. Did you hear him make excuses like the way uh, Deontay Wilder has made?
3: No, I mean, Deontay De- De- Wilder hasn't made an excuse. He's made. Like He's wrote. He's wrote a book of them.
6: <laughs> I mean, credit. You know, Mike. You know, he took his loss. I mean, he could have. I mean, I know Don King at the time. He blamed the ref for a bad count when, when he dropped oh, Buster Douglas. But could you imagine if that was Deontay Wilder? Yeah, forget it. Deontay. Well,
3: anyway, straight up, Mike Tyson seems to have straightened out his world, his life. Because I've seen, I keep seeing different clips of him here and there, and outside of uh, smoking a bunch of weed and having a good time, Mike's being Mike, man, and that's sort of cool. Because you know, I, I worried about him, sure. him disintegrating to the point where you know, Sonny Liston or something like that would happen sooner rather than later.
6: I'm, it seems like Mike's in a happy place right now. Um,
1: that weed!
6: Children are beautiful. Hey, you know, whatever works, man. <laughs> whatever gets you through the night, right? Was it, who said that? Uh, was it Willie Nelson? or Somebody, but whatever gets you through the night, and with Mike, see the one thing that mixed martial arts does not have, and will never have, or at least not in my lifetime, guys like Mike Tyson, guys that cross sports, that are transcendent figures, and you know, Mike. Now he, he's like an old sage. You know, he, he's got the the white beard, and, and he's still, you know, he can go from zero to one hundred. But he's such a historian. He, he loves he loves boxing, and he seems to be in. in uh, he's found his niche, podcasting.
3: Interesting, you know, Mike. A bit of herb. I, I, <laughs> well, bad,
2: I guess
6: he, I
3: I keep waiting. You know, every he's got his he hasn't got his own weed line yet. I'm waiting for that. I mean, that's next. You know, that's next, right? No doubt about it. You are tuned in the Mighty Sports By Line Broadcast Network. This is Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Coming up another segment, of course, with the only PhD unboxing, Mr. Socrates Palmer. Open Phone Lines Around the Planet. Real quick, one 800 878 759 That's one 800 878 759 Little Tower of Power here, baby, with Larry Braggs on lead. Now is the lead singer of the Temptations. Yes,
5: how I you.
0: When you hire us, you get a team of guys on your side that know the IRS laws and will fight to save your money.
7: Don't wait another minute to see if you may qualify for your Social Security Disability Benefits. Call Pinnacle Disability Group at 800-593-7491 for your free case evaluation. That's 800-593-7491. 800-593-7491. Call now. It has been said that everyone has a book in them, but do you
1: have the time or the ability to write your book? the certain toughness inside
5: of Tyson I don't ever 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 miss me Tyson everyone says he's all very just that but I know him personally he's lived with in my home too uh, and he stayed with him. and I've trained Latimer. I've hit him all together he is maybe the toughest once he settles down on a solid training program whichever way he has, and really gets into it's just boxing with his natural talent and uh, his per- engaging personality and his physical size He's going to be a big, big, big factor in boxing. I've, I've always said that after Latimer, he's going to be the next dominant heavyweight. But there's one kid in America that no one speaks of, and that's uh, Deontay Wilder. He was on the Olympic team. He lost a big kid, and I've had the fortune of he's came and trained with me before, too, and he's it's a big kid. He's bigger than Latimer, too, but he's got good speed and power, and I think best talent. Best talent is still going to be Tyson and Deontay Wilder.
2: Now more of ring talk with Pedro Fernandez. Um, how can I get up from the knockdowns? I don't know.
3: My mentor, the late cronk Jim Goldfather, Emmanuel Stewart breaking down Tyson Fury, Emanuel, oh wow, Lennox Lewis. I almost lost a little tear, tear or two there. Every time I hear Emmanuel's um voice, it's sort of, sort of. I don't know. It just. Just shakes me. Well, I don't know. Maybe maybe shake isn't the word I'm using. I just get emotional when I hear his words. So I'm trying to put together this all a show, Socrates. Me and Larry are to get this all a manual show, and that that's sort of emotional. You know, what I mean, it just is. It's, I mean, I, I waited a couple of years to do this, and it's been, I think he died in 2012, and I waited a while to do this, and and it does does it doesn't get any easier than it wasn't if I tried to do this in 2012.
6: Uh, I mean. The one thing that we're, we're lucky enough is that we have a lot of, well, his whole career documented. You know, obviously it's not the same as picking up a phone and and calling a friend, but Emmanuel Stewart is, you know, thank God for YouTube and, and, and um, yeah. uh, you know, Emmanuel's work, his legacy will always live on, you know, and I don't think there's, you know, in my opinion, I think he's the greatest, maybe most important trainer we've had, you know, take, he, take a man that took fighters from the amateurs and, and made them stars, you know, and and, and at one point he was kind of like a, a mister Fixit. you know, a hard gun. He'd come in and, you know, he tuned up uh, Jermaine Taylor and guys like that and Lennox Lewis and the Klitschkos, you know, he really got the most out of fighters and uh, he's sorely missed. Uh very humble, low key guy. You know, I, in my interactions with him, he was always very gracious, and he loved the sport. He loved the sport of boxing, and, and when he spoke, he wasn't pretentious. He was, you know, he he would talk to to me, who a, a nobody, the same way he would talk to um, to another uh, fighter or or a fellow star. He is missed.
3: You know, it, I, I've got all kinds of manual storage, Stewart stories I could tell, and some of them I can't tell on the air. Some of them I can never repeat. But, um, <laughs> right. It, it, it's just, but how can I put this? We'll move on, but but Emmanuel's missed, and, and I'm going to do an all Emanuel sh- show. I think it will be tomorrow. I think we're going to do tomorrow, do the second hour of Ring Talk Live Worldwide. I mean, just me and Larry Merch and do this, this all Emanuel Stewart show and see what happens. So we're going to roll with that. But it is tough. It's tough listening to the old tapes. It is. It's tough listening to the old tapes. It really is. Anyway, um, I tell you, you know what's funny is about him talking about that, his house. You know, he lived on the same street as the Supremes, all three of them. I tell you that,
6: really. Yeah. No, I, I did not know that. Diana,
3: um, Flo, Flo Ballard, the original Supreme, Diana Ross, and Mary Wilson. They all lived on the same street in Detroit, a nice little rich part of Detroit, um, where Emmanuel lived. So, um, I, I didn't tell you that story about about Leon Spinks. No. Okay, I'll, I'll, tell. I'll, I'll, I'll tell it on. I'll tell it on the air right now. Okay, so Emanuel Stewart's living. Oh uh, no, the three Supremes are living on Emanuel Street. So Diana left and went to Hollywood. Okay, so Diana sold her house. She sold her house to Leon Spinks. Leon Spinks being obviously being the the heavyweight champion of the world I believe at the time or just, anyway, bottom line was he buys a house so Emmanuel's over there at at his house, he's with his wife and he hears all this noise coming from across the street like oh god, oh help me and you hear these noise, bang, bang and stuff slamming and all kinds of crazy stuff, it sounds like there's a riot over there something's going on, oh my god so Emmanuel goes and grabs his gun his handgun. And he goes to run outside. He goes, man, something's, something's, something's going on over here. So his wife grabs the gun out of his hand. She says to him, I can't repeat what she said. But she said, you ain't taking that gun with you. Anyway, so she she took the gun away. So he goes over to the house. It's Leon Spinks' house now. Not Diana Ross's house anymore. So he goes around to the back of the house because the fronts are the locked up. So he goes around to the back, goes through a gate. And um, he hears all this, oh, help me, help me. And you're hearing this noise. is couldn't figure out what this pounding was. I kept hearing this noise. So anyway, he opens up the back door of the house, and Leon Spinks is on the ground, and he's bleeding, and his wife is sitting on his chest, and her girlfriend is hitting him with a frying pan.
6: Wow. Yeah.
3: What? So you wonder why Leon Spinks has neurological damage. It wasn't from the fights. It was from the frying pan. Oh, boy. Yeah, so anyway, um, Emmanuel said, hey, Amanda tried to break it up. And she said to him, AMF, you want some of this, N? <laughs> wow. And Emmanuel said, no. And he, and he and he politely left. Okay, but yeah. But he told me Leon was bleeding on the floor. Leon, help me, help me, man. I can't help
2: you. <laughs> wow.
3: Leon, there, was a, there was some medical reports on Leon Space. He got he got out of the hospital a couple of weeks ago, and he was happy with a prostate cancer um, diagnosis. I don't too know too many people who are happy when they get cancer uh, diagnosis. What's going on with him? Do you know?
6: I haven't heard. Uh, just like you, you know, he was in the hospital, and I guess he's out. So prostate cancer is what they diagnosed
3: him with. I guess I don't know what they diagnosed him with, but he was in there near death, right? I mean, he was like he was right. like. Yeah, and all of a sudden, like three weeks later, he goes, I'm glad to be out. I've got prostate cancer or something like that. And he was typical Leon Spinks. Just, I mean, neon Leon. I'll never forget the time that, that, um, that he, no, no, that he left the hotel room. They were doing a tour, an Ali tour. And he left the hotel room and he left his teeth under the bed. And. Yeah, he left his teeth, <laughs> he left his teeth under the bed. I ain't kidding you. He left his teeth under the bed, so he couldn't figure out where his teeth was. So two days later, the ho- the hotel maid from like whatever this was Chicago or Detroit, whatever it was, called the people that were running the uh, the tour for the for the boxers and told him, yeah, we found some teeth in Mister Sp- Spinks' room, and they were his teeth. So he so for that whole like part of that Ali press tour, there he had no teeth. Wow, that's that's. Well,
6: what I mean, had. but he was iconic. For that though, you know, having that open window in his mouth, I mean, he was iconic. So
3: man. yeah, you know, well, I, yeah, I, he left that was his a gimmick. Yeah, he left his teeth. He left his teeth in a hotel room. And Oliver McCall left a check for what two point five million dollars? Did, did you hear that one? Right when when Oliver was rolling with some hooker, <laughs> Oliver was rolling no. with some hooker. Yeah, and he put the check in his sock. Okay, and when he took off <laughs> his shoes, the sock fell. I mean, the check fell out on the floor because he took off the sock. You know what I'm saying? So right. the che- he forgot the check was there. So he forgot. So a $2.5 million check, some some girl in this sleazy little uh, hotel type of thing found a $2.5 million check made out to Oliver. <laughs> exactly. Not a good thing. Anyway, straight up, what is Robert Helinas and uh, Adam Konacki? Why should I watch this fight tonight between these two heavyweights?
6: Well, I hope that the cameras pan the audience well because the one thing – that maybe what's underrated is the Polish fight fans. They really get behind their fighters, uh, fighters, especially on the East Coast.
4: Mm-hmm.
6: Kanelki is a fun fighter to watch. He's um, actually it's surprising. He's been a pro for ten years, and you figure that he probably should be a little bit more advanced in his career. But he's knocking on the door of being a contender uh, for a title. I believe this is a, this is an eliminator,
2: mm-hmm.
6: and he's on a hot streak. You know, he's got some good wins now. Um, he is probably outside of the the, the world champions and uh, Anthony Joshua and uh, and uh, um,
3: Mr. Wild Michael Mr. Fury. Fury. And,
6: yeah, he he's really fun to watch. He throws a lot of punches. Um, he does not have the athlete of the day body. You know, he's a little roly poly. Him and uh, Andrew Andy Ruiz probably. Have the same. Oh man, don't play. No, please, wait, t- Conditioning t- t- coach.
3: Time. Can I? Can I beg you for? Can I beg one thing from you to never mention that man's name again? I'm
6: well, t- unfortunately, I- he will come off. Oh
3: God! Please don't bring. Listen, <laughs> there's a there's a film of him last week. He's got some white uh, look, a uh, uh, suspected white powder. Might have been just sugar. Might have been just sugar on the table. Could be a powdered donut. Could with Ruiz's. Yeah, yeah uh, anyway, track record but, bottom line, he he's, a he's got some mansion in L.A. and he's like, um, uh, they might have been doing blow, and they were definitely doing shots and this kind of good stuff." And he say, it's all my fans out there love me, this and that." Man, I can't, I don't know anybody that loves that fat dude. Do you know anybody that
6: loves Andy Ruiz? I'm sure someone with. Ruiz's last name.
3: Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and here's what's up. I think if, if we do want to refer to him on the show in the future, I think that we, you know, being a former heavyweight champion just for a minute, even though Joshua sort of choked there, um, we'll have to refer to him by his real name, Auntie Louise. <laughs> that'll be that'll be it from here on in. So tell me, Konaki is exciting exciting um, in that clip that Emmanuel Stewart aired coming in coming in here talking about uh, Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder being the two heavyweights. Of course, he said this in 2012, and he was dead in five months later. Anyway, um, Robert Kalina's—he mentioned him in this uh, in that spiel too, but he didn't think Kalina's had it deep down inside, and he sure didn't mention Konaki. Well, yeah, I
6: mean Konaki at that time, I mean. He's probably about a pro maybe 3 or 4 years. Mm. Helene at one point was a hot prospect. Uh, he was considered to be uh, a a challenger for uh, Klitschko. Vladimir Klitschko at one mm. point. Um he's big, uh but he's been stopped before. He probably won't be able to keep up uh with Kamnaki's work rate and he probably checks out of there midway through, you know. Um like has been said his heart is is probably the biggest question mark, you know. Some guys they fight because what are they going to do? Get a regular job? I mean, it's you know, it's a uh, it's that's what hookers
3: that's, that's what hookers used to tell me.
6: <laughs> yeah, I mean,
0: you think I'm going to work for twelve dollars an hour?
6: Right, right. They're nine to five, you know, <laughs> not <for> everybody. <laughs>
3: <laughs> anyway, there's fights tonight on ESPN and the Zone. Scott Quigg is on uh, the Zone and ESPN's got some guy named Danny Dignam and. Alfredo Mele. Real quick, you know anything about those guys?
6: I know Scott Quick could fight. Um, He's uh, another guy exciting, cocky, uh, Brit, uh, makes for good fights, you know, and doesn't have a lot of power, and his defense is not too good, so he's a good TV fighter.
3: No doubt about that. Have a great week. Say hello to your agent. I haven't mentioned her in a long time, but we have to mention your agent on the air here as part of the contract. Say hello to the agent, the wife, and, of course, your lovely daughter.
6: Thank you, my brother. All the best to
3: you. The great Socrates Palmer live on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. Next up, we'll switch gears. We'll talk a little MMA. That's right, USC next on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network.
1: That's
7: 877-360-0402. iHeartRadio, an app so powerful, it holds 20 million songs from 450,000 artists. Thousands of the best live radio stations, custom stations, and
0: stations created just for you. It's anywhere, and it's everywhere. Millions of songs, thousands of stations, one, free, app. iHeartRadio is that easy. Download the app today or listen online at iHeartRadio.com Look at Kimbo
2: with the Muay side kicks. He's got it all. Rachel, jump, line jump, up a shot and weather the storm. He knows what it's like to have to weather an early storm. Look at this stuff. Who would have said it would be Timbo on the back with Ray Mercer in his car. He's going to
5: top it out.
2: for Kimbo. Now more of Ring Talk. With Pedro Fernandez, who's gonna be good?
3: These are my boys. This is the uh this is the band that was put together by Greg Adams called East Bay Soul. Greg Adams, a founding member of Tower of Power, graduated Westmore High School out there in Daly City, California, in the fog. I kid you not. Me and Greg Trap wasn't rapping in a while, but he's got it going on, shaking, shake dance, and holler. They check them out, man. They got two albums. To talk about. Eastpace Soul, dot com. Wanna mention for uh I just for a real real quick, Kimbo Slice of course, while wow, we talk about that fight there, Kimbo Slice, born in nineteen seventy four, died in two thousand sixteen cause of a heart attack, you know, probably performance enhancing drugs related, but he was a guy that sort of made his bones in the backyards on YouTube and this and that, you know. I mean, wow, he he really did his thing and for a while there he was a bit of a star, he really was. So you know, steroids and performance testing drugs will bring about an early demise. I kid you not. Mess around with that stuff, and you will go. UFC 248 tonight, of course, coming to you from the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, or Paradise in Batacalla, which you want. Bottom line is Israel de Adesana, of course, in the main event, defending his championship, an undefeated lad, 20-0, taking on Yoel Romero, a one-time Olympic gold medalist, but he's a wrestler, per se, and, and I just don't think this is going to bode well from wrestler versus puncher, wrestler versus a guy that takes you out. I'm looking for Israel to take out Yoel before the fifth round comes. And the- The co-feature, the once-beaten Chinese champion. I'm talking about, yikes, 115 pounds, Zhang Wheel. She's a monstrous. I kid you not. She's one of those chicks like... You know, she'd have a chance with you. I mean, kicking your ass, she would. The average guy out there, I'm trying to tell you, she'd probably beat the snot out of you. She really would. She'd move on you. What I'm trying to say is she's taking on Joanna J. Joanna J was a one time superstar in the world of mixed martial arts. Never, never made really the big money because girls weren't making the big money at 115 pounds. You had to be a Ronda Rousey, a Holly Holm, something like that. Uh, Chris Cyborg Santos in order to make the big money. But the girls in the smaller ways were not making the big money. Joanna J, her prime has come and gone. So I'm looking for Zangwell to roll over her as well. So looking for both champions' role... Inside the distance in both these main events, these co-main events, of course, USC two forty eight coming on at ten p.m. Eastern Time, seven o'clock Pacific Time. Uh, some of the prelim cards will be on ESPN. Sean O'Malley and one Alberto Quinones. I'm looking at this card. Nothing's getting me up here. Uh, this is the way it is. I'm looking. hey, No, come on. No, not even. No, that's it. That's it. The rest of the cards sort of ho hum. So what I'm trying to tell you is, I don't know if I'd buy this card on pay per view. It was on a pay per view card. I don't know if I want to buy it. Maybe this thing. I probably want to go over to a friend's of mine house or maybe watch it on. Um, my phone, or watching on something where I wouldn't get a virus for free, something like that. Get my get my drift there? Yeah, not the greatest thing in the world. Anyway, as far as the future is concerned, the USC rock and roll on ESPN. This is going to be the fight. This is going to be the fight that's going to determine. Not how can I put this? The the the, the, the competitive. The, the, there will be no competitive competition in this fight. I'm talking about. It. Uh, Jasmo Resnick taking on Francis Ngannou. There'll be no competition here. Francis Ngannou is going to kill this guy. I mean, murder him. I'm telling you, if, if, if this, this, this is a, almost as sure a bet as you're ever going to come. And I'll eat some paper if, if the other guy wins. I like, can, you know, I'll eat an eight by 10 inch piece of paper on the air if this other guy wins. That's how solid I am behind Francis Ngannou. here. He's just too big of a puncher. And the other guy's a stand up kickboxer. Why would you stand up a kickboxer? You can't do a stand up kickboxing act with a guy that punches as hard as Ngannou. So anyway, look for Ngannou to just destroy him. Of course, it's coming to you from the Nationwide Arena, the home of Buster Douglas in Columbus, Ohio. And I want to mention this. You know, my my good buddy back there, John Johnson, the manager of Buster Douglas, or Buster Douglas being discussed a little bit earlier in that meltdown of Mike Tyson, of course, February 1990, he goes to Tokyo, Japan. His mother had just died a couple of weeks before and he goes to Tokyo, Japan a thirty five, thirty seven, forty to one underdog to Mike Tyson who was undefeated in this knocking everybody dead at the time. But Mike wasn't really taking care of business. Buster was taking care of business. Buster was a bigger bigger man that night. Buster was a better man that night. But Buster Douglas is pulling off the world heavyweight championship. I mean, that's just that's just an epic time in boxing history. It is and you know Mike Tyson never really recovered from that. I remember the, the press conference I had with him, I believe it was in Oh, it was in Washington D.C. It was after the uh, the Kevin McBride fight. This last fight, he had fought to he fought this Irish guy. This Irish guy couldn't. I could beat this dude. That's I mean, he was just big. He's just big. McBride was just big. He was a big old stiff. Okay, and somehow McBride has a win over Mike Tyson inside the distance. It was a bit of it was just it was sad because Mike just didn't have it anymore. Of course, we talked about Mike a little bit earlier and how he's rediscovered himself and sort of gone retro with the gray beard and this and that. He showed a couple. He flashed a couple of tears. when talking about his. His, uh, his, the end of his boxing career a couple of weeks ago on YouTube, and I thought that was a bit touching. Of course, the former heavyweight champion, he was a guy Um, he never knew, I didn't get too many times around him. I, you know, I spent time around him in the uh, Olympic training camp back in 1984 when we were both trying to make our way to the Olympic team. Of course, Mike Tyson got into a bit of a tiff with, uh, who was it? Michael Nunn, Michael Second Nunn. Of course, Michael Second Nunn spending 25 years right now in Iowa State Penitentiary for cocaine distribution. But at one time, point, one point in time, he was the IBF middleweight champion, undefeated at that. But we're going back to 1984. They're in the hot tub at the Olympic Training Center in Colorado Springs. You know, I, when I describe this hot tub, it's not your average hot tub. It's like the size of a... Um, it's 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 like it's like the size of a swimming pool it's like it fills up like like maybe 20 feet by 20 feet i kid you not and it's a jacuzzi with like 105 degree water so the water's rushing around in there and everybody's kicking around and i'm just happy to be there i mean you know this is i mean i'm a good boxer but i'm not i don't think that i'm here nah, i want to go the olympics but you know i got some doubts to myself anyway bottom line is um I'm glad to be around these guys, and and I'm watching guys like Mark Breland, who ended up being, of course, a fantastic fighter. You saw him in the news a couple weeks ago when he stopped that Deontay Wilder fight. When he threw the towel in, everybody's upset at him, but Breland was part of that crew. Henry Tillman was part of that crew. Tyrell Biggs was part of that crew in 1984. Meldrick Taylor was part of that crew. Pernell Whitaker was part of that crew. I mean, there were some great, great fighters as far as the 1984 team was concerned. It truly was. And so we're sitting in the... In the jacuzzi, back to the jacuzzi. We're sitting in the jacuzzi, and we're talking smack. I'm not mm, so much, but the black dudes are going back and forth. I mean, they're talking a lot of smack. I mean, a lot of smack. Whoa, your mama this, your mama that. And when you get into your mama, that's when I started, I, it sort of gets a little, you know, because you some guys don't go for that mama stuff. You know what I'm saying? Your mama did. Anyway, and the bottom of was Mike Tyson said, to Michael Nunn, I knew your mama when she was hoeing. He brought up some line that Richard Pryor had said in a in a record, I think, like 10 or 15 years earlier. I knew your mama when she was hoeing. And Michael Nunn, 165 pounds. Now, you got to realize Mike Tyson was like 205, 210 at the time. And he's about 17 years old. Um, and and Michael Nunn gets up and walks. The, the jacuzzi is about three and a half feet tall all the way around. So he gets up and he walks across the room and he tells him, Mike Tyson, he goes, MF, get your b- up. And he, Mike Mike wasn't moving, Mike froze, Mike didn't do anything, so I mean I mean Michael Nunn, hundred and sixty five pounder called out Mike Tyson that day in may of 1984. I was like freaking out. I couldn't believe I thought this was about to go down, okay, and then later in life, Mike would become the the bigger than than actual i mean come on, man, he was like a phenomenon. he just was, he was an iconic fighter every time he turned on the TV and Mike Tyson was fighting it was like a minute and a half or two minutes and it was over. Because that's what they expected the Buster Douglas fight to be. A minute and a half or two minutes and it'd be over. Well, it wasn't that way. Buster came to fight. Buster came. You know, Buster's mother died three or four weeks be- before. Um, people say, you know, that re- really you know, motivated him. No, no, no. It didn't. Mo- you know what motivated Buster Douglas? <clears throat> the fact he was going to get his ass whooped if he wasn't in shape. That's what. That was the most motivating factor. Mike Tyson might kill him. Well, see, if he lost a fight to some other guy, he probably wouldn't get, like, you know, really beat up. But Mike Tyson has a way of, like, beating me down. That's some of those guys, Tyrell Biggs, man, 1984 Olympic gold medals, of course. I mentioned him, I think I mentioned him as far as that uh, 1984 team was concerned. But he won the Olympic uh, gold medal at super heavyweight. Mike Tyson Fought at heavyweight, and Henry Tillman won that gold medal. Of course, Henry Tillman beat Mike Tyson not once but twice. Knocked Mike Mike Tyson knocked him down, but in the amateurs, mock, knockdowns don't. I know in the amateurs, I know now knockdowns don't add as much. Uh, don't they're only worth a punch. That's why I never got that man. I knock guys down. I remember knocking a guy down once, twice in Arizona, knocked him down twice in the same round, and lost a round twice. Twice with body shots and lost a round. Anyway, crazy scoring. Uh, back to the USC. Not looking too good. If you had four point two, I mean, what it, $4.2 billion, $4,200 million. If you had a $4,200 million investment and you're looking at the rest of uh, 2020 here, uh, or, you know, I mean, look at the cars that got set through August. Uh, nothing here jumps out. I mean, nothing, nothing whatsoever. There are no superstars. I mean, they're trying to remake, uh, retread Chris Weidman. Poor Chris Weidman, the up kid from upstate New York, former world middleweight champion. Of course, I discovered him out here in Santa Clara, California when the entire press row Picked against him and went with a Filipino wrecking machine. And I said, no, no, no. This kid, he's never been taken off his feet. Never been, he, he was undefeated He'd never been taken off his feet. In other words, not, as a wrestler, he'd never been taken down. He was a solid, solid wrestler. So <clears throat> I thought he would beat the uh, Filipino wrecking machine. So everybody asked me, how did you know? I said, eh, you know, never been taken down. Got to go with the undefeated guy. Anyway, Wybin, no longer the undefeated guy, taking on Hermanson. Of course, Hermanson coming to us from the uh, – the uh, Scandinavian. He's a Scandinavian. The bottom line is he can draw over there. He can draw real well, but he can't draw over here. This, this fight's going to go down the Chesapeake Energy Center in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, uh, New uh, I don't know. I just don't. I don't. I just don't think that we're at a point in time where the UFC is going to make any money. I, I not make, I mean, they can put this stuff on TV every week. I'm looking at these chart. These uh May seventh, May fourteenth, May twenty first, May twenty eighth, April eleventh, April eighteenth, April twenty fifth, May second, May ninth, May sixteenth, June sixth, June thirteenth, June twentieth, June twenty seventh, July eleventh, and August fifteenth. They've got those dates filled, but <clears throat> nothing out here. Nothing really jumps out here. I mean, come on, you you're trying to reach out, Alistair Overeem guy that got caught with steroids, I brought that up a couple of times. Of course, he's going to go down at the Moda Center in Portland, Oregon. Of course, against, you know, just there's nothing happening. Outside of Khabib and Ferguson. And maybe, you know, and the Ngannou fight is a foregone conclusion. If you can bet on Francis Ngannou, let me tell you like this. If you can bet on him against that kickboxer, you would be stealing money. If you can bet on him and get a decent price, you would be—I st- kid you not—you would be stealing money. That poor kickboxer has no two chances, slim and none. And Slim just left town. So the one fight on the UFC card calendar that looks pretty good, of course, is the lightweight championship with the man that's famous for being the lightweight champion and not losing. I'm talking about Tony Ferguson. No, no. What he's really famous for is pulling, pouring holy water on his wife. I love that. And Cuddy's on the other. Cuddy's putting his thumb up there on that one. Yeah, we do. we we listen. Everybody's been involved with a couple of. Um, if you haven't, you're the luckiest person in the world. But everybody's been involved with with a couple of persons in their life where they've suspected them of being something other than human. Okay. Bottom line is, you know, Tony Ferry, Tony Tony. you to Tony, Tony Ferguson poured holy water on his wife. That's when she called the cops. He poured holy water on me. Anyway, bottom line is he lost his mind there for a little while. He's going to take on Khabib, and if he loses this fight. And it looks like he has a good chance. He is. He will because Khabib's never been beaten. Not in the gym. Not not anywhere. And he used to wrestle lions and tigers. Look on YouTube. I kid you not. Anyway, the co-feature Jessica Andrade. She can really rock. Decent looking girl too, as well. because she got destroyed way back. She's going to take on Rose Namajunas. I think this is a rematch. This is a good shot for Rose to get back in the back in the fight game. Of course, Rose was the champion at 115 pounds. what did they do to her? They put her in a death match after death match. after. The, in other words, she won and upset the apple cart. So what they did was they put her in a fight where she was going to lose, and then she won. And they put her in another fight where she was going to lose, and she lost. You know, the bottom line is the USC, not not the nicest guys in the world. As I said before, pimps, stone-cold pimps, in my opinion. In fact, the pimps that were running the streets in San Francisco when I was a cop were giving their hoes a whole lot more money than the USC has given these guys as far as purses are concerned. 8 to 10 percent, maybe 12 percent of the person. Come on. If you're getting a dollar, if a pimp's getting a dollar, he's giving 8 to 12 cents to his girls. He's the biggest, greatest pimp in the entire world, money wise. That's why the USC is such a good pimp. Pimp in the world with MMA. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Did he hurt you or
2: your children? No, no. No, you're okay. really just random stuff,
4: you know, like.
0: He puts holy water
4: on me. I don't know what's going on with him. Are you um, gonna stop somewhere and meet with the police so they can talk to you? Should I go to the police
2: station? Pedro offers you his protection.
1: That's 855-325-1780.
7: Here's a great way to save money on your prescription medications. If you take Viagra or Cialis, we can give you a way to pay as little as $2 a pill.
2: Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. Good to see you still alive. I think I like you. Yeah, that's him, man. Let my boys harmonize
3: a little bit. This is the Tower of Power, baby. Check them out, towerofpower.com. They've been rocking and rolling for... Almost as long as I've been alive. I kid you not. 51, 52 years now. Tower of Power. Check them out. Towerofpower.com. They've got a new LP out. And, of course, it's rock and roll an LP album CD. I don't know what they call them these days. But the bottom line is you can check out immediately on the boys at Towerofpower.com. You know, I was listening to that Kimbo Slice clip a little bit earlier that the Cutman played, of course, about him in that fight, and of course I mentioned his career. But you know, the man calling that fight was Colonel Bob Sheridan. Colonel Bob Sheridan has called more fights than any man ever in history. I kid you not. He was Don King's right guy since nineteen seventy four, all the way through nineteen seventy four, I think, until Don King sort of folded up his tent, maybe three or four or five, maybe ten years ago. How sorta of Don sort of sputtered at the end. But the bottom line is we did a lot of fights together. In fact we did a Riddick Bow. Uh, not a Riddick Bowe, an Evander Holyfield-John Ruiz fight together. We did a lot of fights together. In fact, I think we also did the last um, fight that a referee did before he died, and he committed suicide. I can't think of his name right now. It's blowing my mind. Anyway, bottom line is I need to get Bob Sheridan on this show. I really do. I mean, his health is pretty good, I I understand. And he's lost a whole lot of weight. When I was working, he was like 350 pounds. I kid you not. Last time I saw it, was like 180. I said, what happened? He goes, I'm eating good food now. I said, when we used to go to those post-fight parties, I said, we used to go to those post-fight parties. I said, you used to fill three plates. He goes, yeah, I can't do that anymore, Pedro. Things change. pine change. No doubt about that. But I'm going to work hard to get Colonel Bob Sheridan on the show in the next couple of weeks. And, of course, tomorrow I'm going to do the special edition of an Emmanuel Stewart show. I'll take some clips off the Internet. I'll take a couple of clips I have with him, and I'll bring in the HBO Godfather, Larry Merchant, the three of us uh, with Scott Cuddy will put the show together and have a great show tomorrow. Of course, that will be one of the two hours on the Sunday edition of Ring Talk Live Worldwide. The Sunday edition of Ring Talk Live Worldwide is at 11 a.m. Pacific time, live on Sports Byline, iHeartRadio, and Sirius XM Satellite Radio. Now, to that lovely lady in Vacaville, California, I wish you all the best. Until next time, this is Ring Talk Live Worldwide, coming to you Saturdays and Sundays on the sports byline broadcast no Tonight's fights not rocking all that much. Of course the heavyweight fight on Fox, Adam Konacki and Robert Holinas. Konakki's probably gonna win that. Scott Quiggan and Joan O'Carroll. Scott Quinn probably fighting a little heavier than he probably wants to at 130 pounds instead of 126. And, of course, ESPN rocking around with Danny Digman and Alfred Melly. That's going to go down at middleweight. Bottom line is you are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Thank you so much for tuning in. There's a million things you can be doing right now. But the fact you listen to Ring Talk Live Worldwide is sports byline production. Well, my name is Pedro Fernandez, and I thank you from the bottom of my heart. I'm headed off to the peninsula, Peninsula Pandemonium, Redwood City Amateur Boxing. Check it out. I'll be there. Will you? This is Ring Talk Live Worldwide.